there, I'm Stephanie Mitchell, certified yoga teacher, corporate wellness provider, international yoga coach, and founder of the Rolling Mat Mobile Yoga Studio, who has helped hundreds of yoga teachers build, scale, and enjoy their corporate wellness businesses, providing them more income, impact, and time off. Welcome to the Rolling Mat Corporate Yogi Podcast. If you're a yoga teacher, yogipreneur, aspiring or current corporate yoga healer, in this podcast, you will find the real people, yoga business strategies, healthy business habits, and weekly motivation and inspiration to help you develop and grow a sustainable corporate wellness business. I started this podcast to bring you the support I never had. We will talk to successful wellness entrepreneurs, business owners, and yoga teachers living in their purpose and making the income doing what they love. Each week, I will introduce you to a yoga teacher and fitness professionals who have walked the walk so that you can see not only what is possible, but also how to make your corporate yoga business a reality. We dig deep into owning your worth and knowing your value so that you can start implementing specific action steps that will get you closer to your ideal life. Furthermore, this online space will provide you with the support to keep you moving forward. Because after all, if you want to achieve the life you always wanted, you need the support to take the action that you need. The frameworks that you will get here for growth, expansion, clarity, development, and sales will be your game plan to play bigger. It's time to find your direction and build your foundation toward purposeful action. To make it as a yoga teacher and create a legacy you desire, you need the backing of a supportive community. And I've made it my mission to be your community because after all, we are in this together. together, together, together. So I just want you to start off by sharing um, a little bit more about yourself, about your journey and what kind of led you to where you are. Uh, yeah. Wonderful. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, it's wonderful to be here. And this topic is so important. As you know, um, we were just talking about that before we went live. This is so essential. Money mindset, my goodness, uh, for yoga teachers. Uh, really excited to jump in, but we'll have plenty of time for that, I'm sure. Uh, my journey started a long time ago, actually, when I first when I first found yoga, actually, which was about over 20 years ago. Um, went to my first class and just like had this, you know, huge experience of like, wow, you know, at the end of class in, in Shavasana, I kind of like asked the universe, what am I supposed to do with my life? Because at that before that time, I was kind of lost. And I've got this answer, you're supposed to help people. And as soon as that happened, I um, just went on this journey of, you know, kind of spiritual searching and trying to figure out what to do with my life and things like that. And uh, I figured out, uh, eventually I went to massage school and got my, you know, certificate to be a massage therapist. Uh, long story short, long winding road, I went back to school to be a school teacher. And I, uh, I was a school teacher for about five years. And then, you know, about 10 years ago, I, I couldn't take it anymore. I had to start my own business. I've always had this kind of entrepreneurial spirit and um, started a massage business. And at the same time, got my yoga teacher certification. And, um, you know, that was kind of the start of my business, helping people um, with pain and stress. And I started to combine massage with foam rolling, with self-massage, with um, teaching core exercises. So I was bringing, you know, my yoga and massage together into a program that was called Get Your Back on Track, helping people with back pain. 
Um, and then soon after that, I started coaching and teaching people uh, mindfulness. And um, then I started to coach other wellness practitioners on growing their business. And uh, since then it has morphed into really focusing on helping yoga teachers to package their genius all together into one really powerful offering that helps people solve a specific problem and helps yoga teachers get out of just teaching classes and get into, you know, kind of creating more of a transformational experience for their clients. Wow. Yeah. Quite a journey. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Um, so you essentially help them build like their own signature program that is teachable online. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I like to call it a transformational yoga program um, where I teach them how to be a transformational coach. Uh, and also bring their bring their genius, maybe find their zone of genius, and bring that into their work, because we all we all show up into this world with something very special. Mm -hmm. I learned that uh, when I was a teacher. I taught Montessori school first through third grade, and I studied child development. And um, you know, two twins can come out of the womb very very different, and we're all just so unique, and we all have this unique ability and unique ability that we bring into the world. So I think this relates to money mindset a lot. So um, yeah. hopefully, uh, we can tie that in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you, like many, I'm sure that we're speaking to, like many of the yoga teachers we're speaking to, really saw that the studio model isn't necessarily like the best way to find your success as a yoga teacher make it a sustainable living. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, the, you know, so much of the studio model is broken mm -hmm. um, where it's, it's not working for yoga teachers, but it's also not working for yoga studio owners. And it's kind of this push and pull of like, everybody is feeling kind of pinched. Everybody's feeling like this is a little bit of a tight situation and everybody wants to serve and help. Um, you know, but uh, it's kind of this push and pull. Mm. And so, you know, I figured out, okay, the, well, there's a way to not even have to play that game. You can mm. just step outside of the box. And I think that's really valuable for people to think about. Yeah. And leading you know? into the money mindset, I, I feel um, from my experience is that, you know, though teaching in a studio is, is wonderful and you meet other teachers and you meet a lot of students from different walks of life and it's great for experience, it really doesn't help us out as yoga teachers with that money mindset, right? It actually had, it actually kind of uh, imposes a, a bit of a negative money mindset on us because it's like, oh, well, I'm never gonna make more than $25 a class. Right. Teach so many classes in order to sustain. Right. So jumping into money mindset, I definitely wanna hear like, more of kind of how you've coached your teachers that you work with through this and even your own self. Um, but just to just to start so that everybody's clear, you know, it's money mindset is essentially a set of beliefs and the attitude that you have toward money. Mm -hmm. Oh, so, yeah, I'll let you just take away your take take it away with your experience with this. That's that's huge. I mean, one thing that you mentioned just to start is like, you know, comparing yourself to other yoga teachers or thinking you should <clears throat> do something you know, there's a lot of shoulds, you know, that yoga teachers might have. Um, and, you know, I can totally relate. So, you know, I grew up 
um, my family struggling with money. My parents were divorced. My mom um, basically raised me and my brother on her own, working like two or three jobs sometimes, waiting tables at restaurants and things like that. And um, I, I get like, you know, it was instilled in me at a very young age, which is like, you know, first of all, there's another thing going in the background here, which is like, you have to work really hard to get paid very little. Okay. So there's that going on too, that we have to address, you know, like, um, and you clock in and you clock out. So mm -hmm. like, I grew up with that mentality to this day, my mother still doesn't understand what I do. <laughs> she doesn't understand what it's like to be an entrepreneur, a business owner that you can earn money, not based on clocking in and clocking out. Uh, it's not an exchange of time for, for money. Um, but I can definitely, you know, say from that, it has to start, it has to start with it. You know, it has mm -hmm. to start for each of us in our own story. And for me, um, as a spiritual practitioner, I've been a Buddhist practitioner for about 20 years and I came up against this really hard. Like it was a very, like a, it was kind of like hitting a brick wall when I tried to start a business and then realized like I had these garbage beliefs in my mind around, well, money is bad. And if I make money, I'm bad. Uh, if I make money, I'm greedy. If I make money, I'm selfish. And these stories were just popping up. And I, at that time, I wasn't even fully aware of them at all. And, but I will say that it was completely like 100% stopping me from doing, you know, any kinds of, any kind of business growth activities. Um, and luckily I learned really quick or had some kind of idea to hire a coach. And I, and I, ever since then, I've been hiring coaches over and over again, over the past 10 years, uh, to this day, um, you know, I just invested $15,000 in a coach a couple of weeks ago. And mm -hmm. so, it, you know, that's, that's an up level and that's like something to celebrate, you know? Yes. So absolutely. Coaches get coached. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. No, I, I've, I have a coach and she's been my coach for the last two years. And I've also worked with some other coaches as well. I, I definitely believe in that value um, that they provide you for sure. So you, you had mentioned like the garbage beliefs, which I liked kind of how you said that Associating <laughs> yeah. money. Like if, if I make money, then it's, it, I'm greedy. Right. Mm -hmm. And like in my experience, you know, especially working with yoga teachers who are going into the corporate realm, right? Like we're teaching them how to pitch high ticket offers. And a lot of times they're just like, I shouldn't as a yoga teacher be making that much. Right. So I'm sure you run into other yoga teachers with that similar kind of mindset. So how do you kind of talk them through that? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> same boat, you know, over here, you know, so in our program, Prosperous Yoga Teacher Training, we're teaching yoga teachers to charge to anywhere from two to five thousand dollars for their signature program and that totally comes up like who am i to do this and so the the place to start there is with self-worth um you know so we have to talk about self-worth owning your self-worth but then also talking about the worth of what's the value that you're providing for others you know and um when we really go through this process of seeing how valuable it is to help somebody solve a major life problem, get some transformation in their life and essentially change their life. Um, then the it's worth 10 times what you're charging at least, right? Oftentimes mm -hmm. people say, I love when I guide people through this process, what we end up coming down to, it comes down to like, what's the value of this, of this it's priceless, mm -hmm. you know? And so 
I don't know about you, but for me, my, my yoga journey was transformational and it completely changed my life. And I feel like a lot of yoga teachers say that. A lot of yoga teachers say, you know, yoga changed my life and, and went on to do YTT because of that maybe, or in their YTT, they even had more transformation and changed their life. But you know what? The average person doesn't have that opportunity. The average person, like 99% of the population is not even doing yoga. Mm. Right. And so they might be afraid. They might be scared to step into that. They might, you know, have all of those beliefs around whatever. I'm not flexible. So they just stay away and they don't get that opportunity. But if we can meet them where they are with whatever they're struggling with in life and bring that, you know, through great, good marketing, right? Like, so like attract those types of people, bring them into our world and then enroll them into our programs and help to create some transformation and change their life, then we can give them that experience, which is mm -hmm. priceless in my opinion, which is worth thousands of dollars, which all of us have spent on our yoga teacher training, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Thousands and thousands of dollars. Most yoga teachers have spent, when, I, when I've seen, I, I've asked this question to people many times and I've seen it asked in other groups many times to yoga teachers, how much have you spent on your professional development? And usually it's at least $10,000, Yeah. right? So we have no problem spending this on our own transformation, but then there's a problem asking for the money uh, for other people mm -hmm. to, to, you know, to facilitate other people's transformation. So right there, from a mindset perspective, we can really dive into what's going on there. You know, like, are we, because that's almost like a, um, in my opinion, it's almost a lack of generosity. Like, can we be generous enough to, offer something transformational to people? Can we be generous enough to accept what other folks are going to give us for that service and mm. that transformation? But that all comes down to self-worth, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, self-worth is huge. We definitely work on that a lot. Um, and, and I like what you said about, you know, it's really about, uh, it is really about seeing your own value. Like really when you break it down and you know, like you stop looking at yourself as, oh, I'm just a yoga teacher. I can't make that much money. You start to really break down the value and you realize it is a transformational experience that you are providing. Mm -hmm. And we, that's definitely the route that we go uh, with, with our corporate yogis too, is you're providing a transformational experience for these people that don't really know what yoga is right? But you're bettering their day because the reviews that we get, and I'm sure that you get this feedback too, are just, you know, they're amazing because people don't, they don't think, you know, it's, it's interesting. You have to tell people to take breaks, <laughs> you know, and encourage them to take breaks throughout their day um, with the audience that we work with. So um, I like that you mentioned the transformational experience and you also mentioned the uh, yoga trainings. So I, I oftentimes find and I'd love to get your take on this and maybe kind of talk our teachers uh, through this, is that many teachers that I, that I speak with, they're hesitant about investing into a coaching program that's going to help build a sustainable business for themselves. But they, in the same sentence, say that they're investing in more YTT, more yoga. I, know. I hear this all the time. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about your experience with that and well, I, in my opinion, that's a, you know, a, in a, well, so I, I'm not going to speak for it. Everybody's situation is different, but what I think is happening there a lot of times is people are trying to stack credentials 
onto their name or their identity, ego, whatever it is, to feel worthy, mm -hmm. right? Um, well, I can't do this yet. I need to go get another training. Mm -hmm. And I know from experience that if that's the mindset, then when is, you know, basically the next question is, I would ask is when is the right time then? Um, because after that training, there's always another training and another training and another training. And I'm of the opinion that, well, let's actually just go right into this and let's own our worth now and start helping people now and continue to get trainings if we want to. There's mm -hmm. certainly nothing wrong with doing more trainings, mm -hmm. um, you know, to become more and more skilled at what we do. But the, the bottom line is we are here right now and people are suffering right now and struggling right now and we can help those people. And so I even go so far as to say sometimes that we're being selfish if we do that. We're being selfish if we turn our backs from all of these millions and millions of people, like especially now more than ever, that need our help, that need the help of people like us who understand and know alternative methods for health and wellness, you know, like holistic methods and living a life in, in alignment or in, you know, synchronicity with the way kind of like the elements or the way things should be, whatever. Um, there's so much that's out of whack and out of balance right now in the entire world. And I think that yoga teachers, don't, we don't realize how valuable we are just for being a yoga teacher. Exactly. Like that alone just being a yoga teacher, it sets you apart like from so many other people because not only do you have, you've studied, you have some kind of credential, but how much have you practiced? How much have you read? How much have you learned from other teachers? And what yoga teachers don't realize is they're constantly comparing themselves to other yoga teachers and maybe mm -hmm. their teachers and seeing like, well, I'm not as good as them. Mm -hmm. But the average person, I always come, like to come back to 99% of the population pretty much knows nothing about yoga. And so we're basically on this like college, you know, PhD level of, of knowledge with what we know within yoga versus the average person who's like at a kindergarten level. Right. And then, and then, and then yoga teachers are thinking, well, I need to go and do like another, I need to like keep studying and studying instead of helping these people. Yeah. I need my doctorate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what, what, I, yeah, exactly. And, and what they're really needing more, more so is business training than yoga training at the time. Sure. Like you say, we can't speak for everyone, but we don't learn. And I'm sure everyone can, can, can vouch for this. Like we don't learn anything about business and how to run a business in our YTT. That's just not what the YTT is for. That's for our own inner self you know, and, and learning how to be a skilled yoga teacher, but we don't learn how to, you know, the bones and the foundation of a business. Right. Yeah. Um, so to your point about owning, owning your worth, right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, take me through, like, I, I, I oftentimes to break my, my teachers out of the cycle of, oh, I'm just a yoga teacher. I oftentimes ask them to reflect back on all of the accomplishments that they've made throughout their life mm -hmm. that can apply to their yoga teaching and their signature program or their corporate wellness program. Mm -hmm. 
So walk me through a little bit about like that foundation of really like helping your teachers dig deep into their own worth. Like if you have any tips. Yeah, for sure. Um, the first place that I start actually is I have folks write a letter to money. So dear money. So I would, I would advise anybody who's seeing this right now, go through this, take the time to do this today. The longer you wait, the longer you're just going to stay wherever you are. Dear money, and then just let it flow. Just let it, just let it rip, like whatever, whatever comes up. All right. And you're going to, you know, cause this brings up, this is kind of like the awareness piece um, of how we interact with this thing, which is a currency, you know, that, that has so much power over us and like runs our society in so many different ways. And we have so much psychological baggage around it. Um, so first, like kind of just opening up that dialogue and that, you know, because it's a relationship. So that's the first thing is like, if this is a relationship that we're in, which we are with money, we deal with it every day, whether you want to or you not or not, we, we it's a relationship. So um, if this was a relationship with another person, you can just simply ask yourself, if you treat others like you treat money, how does, you know, how would that relationship work out for you? Mm. Right? Because most, most yoga teachers, if it, you know, like myself in the past, I was thinking, oh, money's bad. I'm bad. If I have money, I'm selfish and greedy. If I have money, um, I learned a long time ago, luckily from, from some mentors that, you know, and I still believe this to this day that money really just magnifies who we already are. And so if we are a, you know, hurtful jerk of a person, then it's going to magnify that. And we can create some pain in the world and a lot of problems. And we see that all the time in the news. We're, we're fed bad news all the time, right? That's pretty much what the news does. It just gives us bad news. They don't give us good news. Right. Uh, so that's another societal thing that we could talk about. Um, but if you're a good person and you're a kind person and you want to help others, then it's just going to magnify that. Okay. So that was just something I wanted to like, okay, fundamentally, like, let's just look at that. We can come back to that for sure. But um, yeah. like you said, then like, okay, owning our worth. Yeah, part of that is seeing what, what are all the things that we have done in our life. And I like to call this uh, activity the 50 stack of awesome. Mm. So write down 50 reasons why you are awesome. And we just start there with a, with a clear number because 50 is a clear number. It's distinct. It's like, okay, I have a goal to go towards. You don't stop there though. You keep going. And this has to be a regular practice that you habituate. Just like, you know, if you're going to do, um, if you want to develop a yoga practice, does it make sense to do like a three hour practice one day and then not practice for a month? No. Just like if you want to get fit or whatever, and you want to go to the gym, same thing, like to work out for three hours and then not work out for a month. doesn't make mm -hmm. any sense. So mm -hmm. we have to habituate this every day, especially in the beginning. All right. <clears throat> um, after, after you've done it for years, you can start to you can start to pull back and like, it's just becomes natural, right? You've habituated to it. So you don't need to like be heavy focused on it. But in the beginning, you need to focus on it every day. You need to have a mindset practice around owning your worth. And for me, this was actually really difficult at first mm -hmm. because I remember like being a, you know, spiritual practitioner being like, okay, no, I should be selfless. That's right. like the goal. I should be selfless. I should be, um, I should not make myself important. Mm -hmm. And, you know, another word for this 50 stack of awesome could be a brag book, which is like, you're bragging on yourself. You're being like, I did this. I, I am, 
you know, awesome because of this. And you're just stacking the reasons. Another way to look at it is a courage journal. <clears throat> you keep a, a, a journal of all of the courageous, you know, actions you've taken throughout your life. Mm-hmm. So that's another way to do it is like, it's not just all about these positive, like accomplishments. For me, you know, one of the biggest life changers for me was to acknowledge that when I went through a really painful divorce, um, when I was 30, it was the hardest year of my life. When I went through that, like just acknowledging it in a courage journal was like, was huge. It was a game changer to realize like, wow, if I got through that, I can get through anything. So, so, oh, wow. I'm very strong. I love that. Whereas if I was looking at it back and thinking about how, like how bad I am or whatever, it's like, oh, I was so weak to even Mm -hmm. like during that time, I remember thinking, judging myself very negatively, like, oh, I'm a failure, Mm -hmm. you know, because who gets married and wants to to end in a divorce. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, one of my mentors, I don't know, uh, Dan Sullivan, he -hmm. says, you can change your past. You can actually change your past by going back and finding gratitude for all of your challenges and finding something in all of our challenges that we can really appreciate because it made us who we are. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, for sure. It's very impactful. We can change our past. I loved what you said too about money magnifies who we already are. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, that is, that's pretty deep. Um, and we, I, I love all the, 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 the stack of awesome, the 50, 50 things that you have your people write down. We do a success journal mm-hmm. and I have kind of a list of questions that I have them think about, you know, um, like who they were, like the type of kid that they were on the playground, you know, like were they the person helping their friend down from the monkey bars? Were they the ones that were like organizing a soccer game or were they sitting back and observing, you know? So um, I like your point of saying that like, this is an exercise, just like your yoga practice, just like any other workout that you might do, just like the eating habits that you develop, clarity and mindset is a practice and an exercise that needs to be done every single day. Mm-hmm. There's something else I want to say about the money magnifying who we are. Yeah, please. Um, We tend to think of this very dualistically, like, oh, if you're good. So, and I even gave this example, right? If you're a good person, it's going to magnify that. If you're a quote, bad person, it's going to magnify that. But the thing that I think that I think what so many folks are avoiding money, I think part of the reason is because there's so much gray area in between that. It's not, nobody's just good or bad. And most of us have, shadow stuff, skeletons in the closet, right? Like things in our, in our subconscious or, you know, whatever that we're afraid to look at, right? Or if we see it, then we might feel ashamed or we might feel, and so this is a much deeper conversation, but this thing around money magnifying who we already are. I remember I used to be very afraid, like I said, of being perceived as greedy or selfish. And I, for me, I remember it being a very difficult journey of like riding that line of trying to develop confidence to, you know, in my business, in my life in general, I used to have like very low confidence and just thinking like, oh no, if I become too confident, then I will be, you know, arrogant. 
mm-hmm. self-centered, right? And for me, that was like a real trigger. Like I wanted to avoid that at all cost. Mm-hmm. You know, I still do. Like I, who, I don't, I think that's a terrible quality. Like I don't want to be arrogant, <laughs> but uh, there's a fine line between arrogance and, and confidence. Absolutely. But if we don't step into it and take the journey and, and, and actually like get our hands dirty and work with it, then we'll never actually really know what that is and be able to ride that like fine line and, and understand what that line is. Mm-hmm. And I think when, just like I said, when money magnifies who we already are, well, you know what? It's going to allow us to do a lot of great things. It's going to allow us to expand out and help more people and help ourselves more. But you know what? It's also going to expand some of those shadow things. Mm. And those issues will come up. And I'm sure that you've seen this. So many entrepreneurs that I've talked to have seen this, that the entrepreneurial journey, there's really like nothing like it when it comes to personal growth and personal development, because it brings these things to the surface that you would have never dealt with if you didn't step into this role of taking responsibility and leadership because ultimately that's what we're doing is we're stepping into a leadership role to run our business yeah to lead others yeah yeah absolutely takes a lot of grit (laughs) yeah yeah so you know it's an invitation of of self you know i think to me this is an invitation it's an invitation to um personal growth and like understanding ourselves at a at a much deeper level yeah and um saying yes to that. Yeah. So in a sense, it is in a, in a way similar to uh, yoga teacher training. Right. Because that's a deep dive into ourselves. That's a deep dive into different philosophy that maybe we've never touched before. Um, and that community, like being immersed in that type of community as well. So yeah, it's it's definitely, it's just like the the training that we lead. I mean, it's it's interesting how it it can go hand in hand with just like doing a yoga flow, you know, the, the preparation that you need to get to a peak pose, right? Like the foundations that you have to build in order to improve and in order to evolve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's, so you had mentioned, you know, that we don't learn anything about business in YTT, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think this is another important thing to to talk about. If I could speak about this a little bit, absolutely, yeah, please do. Okay. Um, well, specifically, like as yoga teachers, I think we have to shift our focus and, and realize it's almost like putting on a different cap. Like we have to put on the business owner cap mm-hmm. um, and do whatever it takes to learn how to run a business. And there's like you know, it's very there's very few things that go into running a successful business, you know, you have marketing, you have sales, you have delivery at a very fundamental level, those you could like really break it down to those three things. So, you know, learn marketing, learn how to, what, what is good marketing? And of course it has to be aligned. Mm-hmm. Learn what, what can, you know, what's a way of learning sales that is aligned, you know, um, not the old school, you know, used car salesman crap. But sales that is like soul aligned, you know, where it's like, okay, you know, um, where you realize that you're serving others. And then delivery, you know, that's something that we already have that comes into owning our worth, really. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also like to encourage people to think of their business as its own thing. And a lot of times I feel like people, they just mash together. It's like me and my business. 
But if you separate those two things out and realize a business runs on revenue, it's like the lifeblood of a business. Just like we need to drink water every day to stay, to stay alive, a business needs money to stay alive. And so if we see that, that that's just a thing, that's just what a business needs, then, you know, once again, looking at that, we can look at that objectively and say like, okay, so how's my business doing? Is mm -hmm. my business healthy? Mm -hmm. Is my business getting what it needs? And most 99.9% .9 of yoga teachers, um, I think if you look at your business, you would see that it's unhealthy. And so what do we do for ourselves when we feel unhealthy? How do we take care of that? Right. How do we mitigate that? How do we change that? And, you know, to, we know those things, but if you don't know what to do to create a healthy business, then you have to get educated. It's plain and simple. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's usually where a lot of yogis lie is they, they've got the yoga down. They know that they want to share this love, share this passion, share this practice, but they need to put the business cap on. Yeah. And again, develop those more like self-love business uh, strategies and systems, you know, that, that are aligned. Um, you had mentioned marketing and just as much as marketing is important, it's also important to have that, that audience that you really want to speak to that niche. Yeah. What's the self-love business system? Well, you know, like, like what you had mentioned about when you learn marketing, yeah. learn marketing and it has to be aligned with like what it yeah. is like, like selling is service, you know, like looking at sales as you're serving others not just as like the greedy, like car salesman. Yeah, cool. Aligning, aligning the business strategies with more self-love strategies. Love it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. That's a great way to think of it. Well, I'd love to circle back around too on, you had said something really interesting at the beginning about you worked with children and mm. taught you, you had gone into like, I guess, childhood development and like research that and kind of how yeah. has that played a role in your business, money mindset, um, like all of that education and, and learning that you that you developed from that? Yeah, that's really that's a really good one. Um, so I actually got a degree in education, and so in school at Naropa University, and we learned about childhood development and different, you know, like levels of child development. And what I think is really cool is. And then I went on to be a Montessori school teacher. So there's another training for that, another certification for that. Mm -hmm. And um, within that model, uh, something that I learned that's really cool is that there has to be, especially in Montessori school, there's a, there's a fundamental principle of whenever you're teaching something or learning something, as a teacher, you have to think about how can I isolate the difficulty? And so... Um, because we can only learn like one thing at a time, really, you yeah. know? Um, and if there's too many things coming at you, then it's then overwhelm. And I see this all the time, right. With yoga teachers and growing business. I experienced this so much as like this shiny object syndrome of like, okay, so I learned them. This is a good way to like do, to grow a business. So I'm going to try this thing. And then like, everybody's saying like, try this, try that, try yeah. this, try that. Right. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Yeah. I get yeah. You. yeah. And then you, it's like you have 10 arms and, or like you're on a hamster wheel and you're just taking all this action, but not getting anywhere. Mm -hmm. So this principle in Montessori education of isolation of difficulty 
is super powerful, which means that like take away all the unnecessary things and just focus on the one thing, this one thing that you're learning or that you're trying to learn. And then do that again with something different and then do that again with something different or do it, you know, developmentally like, okay, in a new level and a new level and a new level. And then you can put all those things together. You know, they're not all separate. They, of course, are all connected, but like our human brain just only has so much power. We have to be able to focus it on something specific. Yeah. Um, so in the education world, like, I think that's something that I learned teaching kids was you have to be very specific. You have to really isolate the difficulty, take away distractions. So for example, like if somebody's learning addition, you're teaching them one plus one is two. You're, you're, you know, we'd be like on the floor with like blocks and you, you know, stack them up and this equals this. And you're not then being like, oh yeah. And you know what, if you take it away, this is subtraction. Like, cause then they're like, wait, what? Like yeah, it's too many things. So, and then of course, you, you know, there's all kinds of other stuff, right? Multiplication, division. You have to just be thinking of things in a developmental way. Mm. I think that's, that's the most important thing that I, that I, I still to this day teach my students is like, even when they're developing a signature program. Okay, so you wanna help people with this thing, you know, how you're gonna help people with this, like solve this problem in their life, or you're gonna help them have this transformation in their life. Well, what's the very foundational first thing that they need to know to be able to do that? And what, what is the first thing you're gonna do with them? And then once they have learned that, what's the next logical developmental step? And that's the only thing you're going to focus on teaching them at that point. And maybe that's in like the week, week two, right? So the first thing is week one, maybe week two, you're going to focus on this. And then week three, week four, and that adds up, you know, after eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, you have eight to 12 brand new things that people are working on. Like that's more than enough, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the lack of self-worth and the feeling like, oh, I need to give people so much value. Mm. What happens is we tend to throw the kitchen sink at people and want to give them all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And we overwhelm, we'll, we'll then overwhelm our clients and they won't get results. Right. Yeah, all the stuff with no structure. Yep. Yep. Structure is another way to simplify things. Mm-hmm. Structure is another way to kind of isolate the difficulty. Yeah. No, all of this is so relevant. Like I love, I love this because it really relates back to like many yoga teachers have oversaturated to-do lists. Like, I don't know how many teachers you've talked to or how many calls you've been on where like, they're telling you kind of what's going on and they're pouring into so many cups and they have so many different things going on because they're trying to see what sticks. Like they're throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. Right. And it's not a, it's not a sustainable model. So what you're mentioning is, is awesome because it really follows. And I resonate with it because it really follows along the, the, the mindset and the line of the roadmap of action steps strategy, like bite-sized chunks. Mm -hmm. And then plugging that into kind of like more of a time management strategy of how much time you're going to spend on these bite-sized chunks. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing a lot of yoga teachers do is they start, uh, they kind of go backwards. They start uh, in the wrong place, which is like, oh, I need to learn all the the funnels and I need to like create these fancy like membership websites and 
Um, I need to, you know, yes. like make my website like amazing and all this stuff. And it's like, no, that stuff is like developmentally. Yeah, you can, and you should do that later. But the biggest fault that I see people, this is why it's really, really dangerous to look at what other people are doing and try to compare yourself to others. Mm. I don't know if you've heard this saying, comparison is the thief of joy. Mm -hmm. Like automatically you're not as happy by comparing yourself to others, but also you're comparing what is working for somebody else at their level in their business or in their personal journey to where you are. And if you think that you should be doing what they're doing, you're completely wrong because they're doing what works for them at that level. And you have no idea how many years they've been putting into it and all the right. things they've done to get to that point. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't make any sense to be doing, to, to, to be trying to doing, like trying to do what like a million dollar business owner is doing when you're just trying to get your first couple clients. Mm -hmm. It makes no sense at all. Mm -hmm. You should yeah, not be doing those things. And you start operating out, you start operating away from authenticity too, because it's like, oh, you're just instead of trying to model and like be inspired by, oh, one day I'm gonna get there. Mm -hmm. You're like trying to copy that person and implement something that's not yet set for you. Like it will be eventually. Totally. It's baby steps, right? Totally. But I like what you mentioned about like I love the fact that you said that sometimes, you know yogis start in reverse where it's like they, they they're like I gotta have a website I gotta have a really colorful beautiful well put together website before I can start doing any outreach but really messages first like you have to get your messaging down like I talk about branding a lot and when I say branding I'm not talking about your logo and, right, right. Website and the colors of your website I'm talking about like who is your audience and how are you communicating with them? exactly exactly Yep. That's your brand. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that that also helps with the ownership of our worth. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing along the lines of branding is like, you know, fully being yourself. Mm -hmm. Like you said, not, not trying to be a second rate version of somebody else, but the first rate version of yourself. If you're just fully showing up and being yourself and you can demonstrate that you can solve a problem for people, like it's like, you're golden. You're good. Yeah. yeah. Those are the two things. Like if you can really show up in your fullest version of yourself and meet people where they are and be like, yes, I can help you. Mm -hmm. What else do you need? Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Because I mean, ultimately people are investing in you, mm -hmm. especially as a coach mm -hmm. are investing in you. Yeah. And I love it. We've definitely covered a lot of really good stuff. Um, yeah. So we are live in the group. So I wanna uh, give some people the opportunity opportunity to drop any questions that they might have in the comments and we can address those here in a moment. So anyone who's watching, um, you can drop any questions you have. Anyone who's watching the replay, still drop those questions and we can connect with you, absolutely. Um, however, I would like to just, first of all, know, you know if there's one takeaway that you could give the audience today what would that be? And then um, on money mindset specific, more specifically, and then um, also fill us in on where people can find you uh, and connect with you. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So what just came up to my mind with for like one big takeaway would be to <clears throat> not avoid the topic. 
So look at money. Like I said, write a letter to money, dear money, and just let it flow and then sign your name to it and, uh, you know, see what that brings up for you and notice your relationship with money and what that brings up for you. What kind of judgments do you have? How do you feel about it? How do you think about it? And then how do you think and feel about yourself in relation to it? Mm-hmm. And when it comes to owning your worth and understanding your value, what get real and just really look at it and you know maybe you know sit down with a journal. I like to recommend people to go away to a place that's resourceful, maybe you know to the park or go outside in nature or you know whatever, maybe take a bath, something that's resourceful. Um, where you're able to kind of like detach from the stress, you know, and like to let the nervous system calm down. And then you have access to higher level thinking, you know, prefrontal cortex, et cetera, where you can totally like drop in and and feel this bigger, more expansive vision uh, and connect with that. Uh, That's an important, that's an important thing. I, I guess I would like to round this out with is like, when we're thinking about things, it really matters the perspective we're coming from. If we're coming from the perspective of stress and the perspective of poverty, the perspective of scarcity, and we're looking at money in that way, of course, we're just basically projecting that onto it. Exactly. But if we're coming from a place of resourcefulness and the place of expansiveness, the place of abundance, um, then we're going to be able to see that as well. And you you can walk around your neighborhood you can walk around and or drive around whatever, wherever you are, and just notice how much resources and how much abundance there is. And there's, it's like, it's endless, right? That's very true. <clears throat> so that's, I guess, my big takeaway is Love really it. look at it. Don't avoid it. Look at the money thing and uh, tap into your own worth. Um, and then where people can find me, mm-hmm. um, I think the best place to come find me would be in the Facebook group, Prosperous Yoga Teachers. And um, sometime in the next couple of weeks here, I don't have an exact date, but we're going to be running another uh, irresistible offer challenge. And that's where it's basically five days guiding people through developing their irresistible offer. So that's a awesome free way to get involved and uh, go deeper into how I help people create offers that they can sell for two to $5,000. Amazing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely everyone watching or watching the replay, um, check out his group, go join David's group. Um, I'll link it also in the description um, within the Facebook group as well. Um, And right now we don't have any questions. We have some really amazing comments. So um, I will definitely leave those for you to look through and for both of us to comment back on. Um, But it's been a pleasure. And I really, really uh, appreciate your wisdom that you've brought into this group and to this audience of yoga teachers, because I definitely know that it was needed. Thank you so much. I appreciate your wisdom as well. I appreciate everybody in this group. Uh, It's been really wonderful. And uh, yeah, if there are questions later, we can come back later and catch up in the comments. Um, Otherwise, yeah, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, David. All right, everyone. See you next time. Okay, bye-bye. And that's a wrap for today's show. Thank you so much for joining me. To find more shows and information about how you can stay connected with me and my thriving community to grow your corporate yoga business, please head to www.therollingmatadventure.com backslash show. 
to learn how you can create the success and have the impact you've always dreamed of. Yeah.